Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship. We would love to hear how God has blessed your life. Reach out to us through social media or email us at scfellowshipchurch at gmail.com. When he chooses us, he begins to cleanse us. He begins to wash that stuff out of us so that we can then be used mightily for him and his glory. God has a plan for you in your life. He's chosen you even if you don't know he's chosen you. Have you ever been so convinced you were right that you defended your point of view to the very end until one day you finally realized you were wrong? Maybe you know someone that's in that position right now. The Apostle Paul was this type of person. When he was known as Saul, he would hunt followers of Jesus down to arrest them or worse because he was convinced they were heretics. But then one day, God met him on the road to Damascus and got his attention. You see, God had a plan for Paul. It says he was a chosen instrument for the Lord. The same is true of us today. God has a plan for us and we are chosen instruments for him. In today's message, we'll take a look at what that means and what to do when you suddenly realize you've had it wrong all along. All right, amen. I want to talk to you today about being uh, a chosen instrument of God. And let me give you just a little background. I'm going to be reading to you out of Acts chapter 8. As you continue to pursue God, God is always there pursuing us. And so he will meet us where, we, where we're needed. And so that's kind of what leads into today's sermon is chosen instruments of God. We are chosen instruments of God. We may not realize it. Paul sure didn't realize it at the time. And uh, God had plans for him. And that's what I want to talk about to you. But let me set the stage just a little bit. In chapter 8 of, of Acts, it tells us that Paul was in hearty agreement. Let me back up even further. Stephen was a, was a follower of Jesus. He was, he was, he was promoting Jesus and, and Jesus' word. And the uh, people of the time, the high priest, they didn't like that. And so the short version is they stoned him to death. And then it says Paul was in hearty agreement with Stephen's death. I've been in agreement with things before, but hearty agreement, I mean, it means he was, he was vigorously, vehemently, he was on board with that. It wasn't just sort of, well, that's fine if y'all did that. I, I guess I can get behind that. It was, that was definitely the right decision, and we should go after even more like that. So he was absolutely against Christianity, so much so that he, he didn't just go after Christians and those spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says he ravaged the church. He, I mean, these are words describing that he was vehemently against Christianity. And so we know the other side of Paul, that he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, that God inspired him so much that he helped change this entire world. You know, it's like my grandfather telling stories of his past. I really don't believe him half the time because the, the stories sound so crazy. And that's the way Paul was changed. He was changed so much that if he only took a snapshot of his life after Jesus and then compared it to his days as Saul before Jesus, it wouldn't seem like they were the same person at all. That's how much God had changed him. But you see, he was a chosen instrument of God. God had chosen him before Paul chose God. And that's the way it works for, for all of us. God has chosen us even before we choose him. But God being God kept sending his messengers. He kept sending his word. Paul, just like a lot of people, think that they can wipe off, wipe Christianity off the face of the earth. And just like Paul found out, they're, they're wrong. God continues to move and continues to put his purpose and his will into the world. Look at what it says in Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10. It says, Remember the former things long past. 
For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Not might, not maybe, but will. You are not going to be able to stand in the way of God Almighty. But the first thing I noticed in Acts chapter 9, which is where we're going to take the majority of our scriptures today, it says in verse 1, now Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Man, that's somebody that really, really doesn't like disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. You see, after they stoned Stephen, things got extremely dicey and Christians began to flee. What that did, though, in, in, in my humble opinion, was that is what, can, what, what started to spread the gospel. With the Christians leaving and then disciples beginning to go out to reach them again, all of a sudden the message of, of God, message of Jesus, was beginning to be spread throughout the land. Otherwise, it was contained in that one area. And so, you know, whether or not God caused that to happen, he allowed it to happen. And as a result of it happening, the message began to spread. So as it began to spread, guess what else begins to spread? Hate and opposition against the word of God. It's existed since, since the dawn of man. So we shouldn't be surprised when people are opposed to us when we're spreading the word of God. People are going to be opposed to us. And Paul was one of those people. He wanted to wipe Christianity off the face of the earth. But you see, Paul went to man for authority, and Paul went to man for guidance. And when you do that, you need to understand that man's knowledge is limited. We only know what's happening right now. God knows what's happening now and later. God knows everything. His knowledge is not limited. How do we know this? Look at some scriptures. Psalms, the 139th chapter, the fourth verse says, Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. God knows your innermost thoughts. He knows your spirit. Therefore, he knows who you are. Daniel 2.22 says, It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. God doesn't just know what is seen and known to others. He knows the hidden, dark, deep thoughts, the secrets, those that are kept in the dark. He knows all of that stuff. So if he's the one that knows it all, wouldn't it stand to reason that we should seek the most knowledgeable for guidance and wisdom on how to act in life? We need to seek out God, not man. But see, Paul didn't understand this just yet. So he was seeking out man. He had believed man and what they had been preaching about God Almighty. He was a learned man. He understood the Torah. He understood the teachings of old. And that's why he, as well as a lot of the people in that time, hated the Christians and hated Jesus Christ because Jesus came in and totally turned their world upside down. And they didn't like that. You know, one of the things I'm happy about, we're talking about deep, dark, hidden things, is that when you begin to be a Christian, you know, he begins to expose those things. And it seems very scary. And it seems very unnatural. But what he's trying to do is free us up. He's trying to get us to a point where we can serve him. 
He's going to do that with Paul here in a minute as well. It's not a bad thing if you're not a good liar. We play a game called fibbage. Fibbage, not cribbage. Fibbage. And the boys love to make fun of me because I, I try as hard as I can to lie. They give you a prompt and you're supposed to put in a lie. And the goal of the lie is to get other people to believe that that's the actual answer. And if you can trick people, you earn points. I don't earn a lot of points, it turns out. <laughs> My kids got to the point, they said, Dad, we know exactly what you're putting down. So no, you don't. No, you don't. Try this one out. Which one is my answer? And sure enough, they picked it out in two seconds. Then it became a game to see if I really could fool them. Eventually I did, or at least I think I did. I'm not sure. They, they may have gotten tired of playing and just decided to fake it. But either way, it goes down as a win for me. But, you know, being able to lie is not, not, a, not being able to lie is not a bad thing. You know, that's what God does to us. When he chooses us, he begins to cleanse us. He begins to wash that stuff out of us so that we can then be used mightily for him and his glory. And that's what God had already set up for Paul, even though Paul didn't know it. And that's, my, that's part of my message to you today. God has a plan for you in your life. He's chosen you, even if you don't know he's chosen you. You see, man tells you things like you can kick a door in with your feet and it won't break. I know this because I did that growing up. I was watching movies and the police would always kick a door in and go get the bad guy. And I thought, man, that is super cool. That'd be a neat way to open my door. So one day while my parents were away, you always have to do these things when your parents are away, by the way. I shut my bedroom door, and just to make sure it wasn't just, you know, a fluke, I locked it to make sure that was in place. So as I proceeded to kick my door open, well, okay, it didn't open. My foot got stuck in the door, though. It was a, a kind of a, a wooden door, not, not, a, not a real thick door, maybe kind of like a closet door but it was being used as my bedroom door and my foot stuck in there and then panic set in and I wasn't sure what to do. But I did learn a valuable lesson that day that, that movies lied to me. You cannot kick your door open. As a matter of fact, if you watch cops or any other, any, anybody else kick a door in nowadays, they've changed that. You can see that splinters and stuff fly, which is pretty true. I didn't see the splinters fly, but I did see a big hole in my door as my foot sat there because I had believed what man said. Let me tell you something else man told me that didn't work out. Man said if you'll pursue wealth, you'll, you'll, you'll find happiness. If you'll pursue wealth, you'll find happiness. When I pursued wealth, that was the least happy I was ever in my life. Ever in my life. And I've told you guys uh, several times before that I taught math for many years in the public education school system, but I didn't understand God's math. And it turns out that pursuing wealth does not equal happiness. But we do need money or things to barter with and trade with. So if we'll do it God's way, then we'll get that happiness. And we'll get the wealth, believe it or not. He begins to trust us with more and more as we begin to show that we're trustworthy. When we give, we get back. It's, it's really a weird concept. God's math is totally different. And, and I just, it's, it's unbelievable. But man told us to do things that turn out to be wrong. Well, when God chooses you, he begins to teach you those things that are right. But sometimes he has to get our attention for us to listen to him. And that's exactly what God did to Saul, who would later become Paul. 
God the attention getter. If you'll look with me at Acts chapter 9, verse 3 through 7, it says, As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. That day, God got Paul's attention. Don't forget, God, uh, Paul was so convinced that he was right, that he was in hearty agreement with the stoning of a Christian. He was so convinced he was right, he pursued Christians all across the earth just to bring them back to jail, to bind them up, because he was so right until he wasn't. And God got his attention on the road to Damascus. You know, we have the same issue. Think about it. How many times have you been guilty of saying or hearing somebody say, prayer doesn't work? And then all of a sudden, somebody they know, or maybe even you, get pregnant after being told by a doctor that you're barren and can't have children. Or you go back to the doctor for a checkup and the cancer diagnosis was wrong and it's no longer there. It's not just being healed and receding. It's not there. They don't know what they saw. They begin to make excuses as to maybe a mistake they had made. Tithing doesn't work. Until you come home one day to a bag of cash on your front porch with a note inside that says, God told me that you needed this and I wanted to give it to you. And it turns out you had a bill to pay and you didn't have any money to pay it. Following Jesus doesn't work until you start following him and you're happier than you've ever been, even though the world around you is crumbling worse than it's ever crumbled. When God gets our attention, things begin to change. Paul was blinded by the light of God. He kept him blinded. And he was to go into the city and await further instructions. The other amazing thing to me there is where it says in verse 7, the men traveling with him stood speechless. When you experience God in such a powerful way, all you can do is stand there speechless. I, I told you I'm not going to stop talking about it because it's a blessing of God, right? No, oh, y'all are looking at my picture there. I forgot to put that one up there. That's what I feel like my parents looked like when they walked in the front door and I was carrying a door to my room trying to replace that, that other broken door. We had an extra one in the garage. That's a whole other story. And, and as I'm going, I, I just kind of kept walking. But that's what I imagine they looked like. That's not the kind of, you know, speechless I'm talking about. It's similar, you know. But when God gets a hold of you and you stand speechless, it's just it's for a whole different reason. I talk quite a bit. It's hard to keep me quiet. But when God shows up, there are times I've stood speechless. When God blessed Tammy and I with our car that we currently have after two years of prayer, I, I was speechless. Uh, what else do you say? There's nothing else to say. It's just amazing, you know. When God provides the finances you need to pay for the things you, you, you didn't have money for, what else do you say? 
You just stand in awe of what God's done for you. When God provides that healing in your life for what you've been praying for, the no coronavirus cases or deaths at the, the um, assisted living home, things of that nature, man, what do you do except stand speechless in awe of God? That's the kind of speeches we're talking about, in awe of God and what he does. I just got through reading in Joshua where they were attacking and they were outnumbered by five different kings and all of a sudden, something like a hailstorm came and helped the Israelites defeat all five of those armies. Just happened upon them that day, at that moment, in that hour. That's God. Awe-inspiring. Shows up when you need it the most. You see, we're chosen instruments of God. God began to talk to another disciple of his named Ananias. And he told Ananias to go meet Paul. And Ananias did a double take because he knew who Paul was at that time. Paul was not a friendly guy to Christians. And yet here's a Christian being asked to go and pray for, in person, this guy that's persecuting them. And Ananias does ask God, are you sure me, Lord? But then he goes. Because that's what God does to us. He gives us an option to trust him or to trust ourselves. And Ananias trusted God. And God said to him in verse 15, this was so amazing. He said, but the Lord said to him, talking about Ananias, he said, go for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. You see, God didn't care about Paul's past actions. He cared about Paul's future more. God doesn't care about your past actions. He cares about your future more. Maybe you've already made that decision to follow Christ and you're like Ananias in this story and you're hearing God speak to you, but it seems unreal. You need to submit just like Ananias did and you need to go like God's asking you to go because you may be praying for the next Paul that totally set this world on fire for a different reason. You need to be obedient just like Ananias was obedient. You see, Ananias had a choice. He didn't have to listen to God, but he had a relationship with God Almighty, and he knew God was talking to him, and despite his concerns and his reservations, and in the face of potential death, he still made a choice to follow God Almighty. Paul had a choice to make. He had an encounter with God Almighty, but he still didn't have to choose to follow God. But he did. And as a result of Paul making that commitment to God, he followed God with the same zeal and the same fervor and the same hearty agreement and the same ravaging. But this time instead of ravaging the church, he's ravaging the kingdom of hell and Satan and everything that stands in opposition of Jesus Christ and God Almighty. That's what Paul started to do. Because God got a hold of him. Guess what? God can do the same for you. Number one, don't give up. I'm sure there were a lot of Christians that were praying for Paul. And God answered those prayers. And God showed up. You see, Paul was a chosen instrument of God. We are chosen instruments of God. It says in 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
And John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me. Let me say that again. You did not choose me, but I chose you. That's what God's saying to you today. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Some of you feel stuck. I put out a Monday motivation message this week, and it really just spoke to me, and it looks as if it spoke to a lot of you as well. And it was something Martin Luther King Jr. said. He said, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. And if you can't walk, then crawl. Whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Maybe your prayer hasn't been answered yet. Maybe your finances haven't been answered yet. Maybe you're sitting in that seat where you're starting to doubt. But God's saying, I chose you, keep moving forward. I chose you, keep moving forward. What you ought to be praying for is a similar encounter with God like Paul had. Because once God encountered Paul, or rather Paul encountered God, his life was never the same. And just like he knew he was right when he was pursuing Christians to lock them up in jail, and just like he knew he was right when he was okay with them stoning Stephen to death, he realized he was wrong in that area, but he was just as confident in what God had done for him that he knew he was right to spread the gospel to the Gentiles when everybody not Gentile was against him. Later in Acts, it talks about how he's now starting to proclaim the name of Jesus, and even the Christians don't believe him. You know, later in one of the verses, it also talks about how God was going to have a conversation with Paul and explain to him just what kind of price Paul was going to have to pay to serve God. See, we have got to quit looking at things through carnal eyes. I'm guilty of that. I look at things through my flesh and through my carnal eyes instead of looking to the eternal. When we think of situations like what's attacking our uh, globe right now, a lot of the response is man-made. What we ought to be doing is looking for God's solutions to the problem we have here. Because guess what? This world is going away at some point no matter what. God is coming back. Jesus is coming back at some point. So we need to start looking more eternally with our decisions instead of towards man. So today, maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ. That would be step one right there. That's the first decision Paul had to make. And he did, thank God. He had to accept Jesus Christ. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've put God on the shelf. He wasn't working out the way you thought he should work out, so you've set him to the side. And when people ask you, you tell them you're a Christian or you tell them you believe in God, but your lifestyle doesn't really practice that. Maybe you've put him on the shelf. Today's a new day. You need to take him off the shelf and let him be Lord of your life again. Maybe you've got a prayer that hasn't been answered. Don't give up. Today may be the day. Maybe you've got a financial need that needs to be answered. Don't give up. Today may be the day. Because you see, God has chosen you. One of the things that I'm able to do and Tammy's able to do is talk to you about how God can provide a vehicle for you no charge. I have friends who can minister to you about how God can bless you with a baby even though the doctors have said that you're barren and can't have kids. See, you may not understand your situation, but God does. 
So today I want you to think about that long and hard because in just a second I'm going to ask you to stand up if you need prayer for any of those things right there. Because you have been chosen. God has set you apart for great and mighty works. And Satan does not want to see that happen. And he is sending opposition. Whatever you do, you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep looking up. God is a big God. Our flesh forgets that sometimes. We get distracted by the many things that are around us. But God is a big God. And today he's chosen you. Today's the day to start again, to start fresh. Regardless of your past actions, today is a new day. Amen? I just want to pray with you right there where you are. Father God, all of these that have stood up, Lord, I just praise you for them. I thank you for them, and I pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, for those that need you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray right now that they would just confess their sins to you, confess you as Lord and Savior. Lord, just express that they understand that you died and rose again for their salvation. Lord, we pray for that salvation right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for those that are seeking answer to a prayer that hasn't been answered, Lord. Just give them the strength to keep moving forward, and Lord, reveal to them the answer to the prayer, Father. Just answer the prayer, Father. Lord, for financial needs, I pray for those right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, your math is so much better than our math. Father, I just pray for those that are standing in need right now for finances, Lord. Give them strength to continue standing strong, to keep moving forward, and to continue looking up, Father God. Lord, for those of us that have put you on the shelf, Lord, I pray today is the day we take you off that shelf and we, we put you back in the place you're supposed to be, Father God. Lord, we apologize and repent for even looking towards man and not looking towards you. Lord, we thank you for choosing us today. Lord, let us be instruments that you use the way you want to use us, Father God, throughout this world, whether it seems comfortable to us or not, whether we understand or not. Lord, let us be like Ananias, that we would say yes even in the most extreme situation, Father, when it looks like we may be facing death or going to pray for somebody that's been our enemy for so long, Father, give us the strength to say yes to you, to be like Ananias who went and prayed for Paul, Father God. Lord, help us to just be willing instruments of you. And Lord, we say thank you for choosing us this day. Thank you for choosing us this day. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.